Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the one-year anniversary of Heel Section. That's right, the podcast that talks to you from the stands where you're probably cheering delete. I'm not quite sure. It depends on if the WWE is allowing you to be heard, because we know for sure they were muting some of those fuck you Roman Reigns, at least on Raw, which is going on right now as we're recording this. That, of course, is the Raw after WrestleMania, one of the highest rated telecasts of the year. We are coming to you with some reflections on what happened at this year's WrestleMania 33. Joining me today, my good friend, Mike Stallings. Mike, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you? Did you say one year? Yeah, it's one year anniversary of us. One year! <laughs> Isn't it, is is it supposed sure? to be the one year? No, it's just, it would have been better if I just said one fall. So yeah. it would have negated <laughs> anything we were talking about. I'm good, man. I'm a little subdued. I think that's going to be the theme of this with okay. the subdued feeling of the festivities. Okay. Okay. Last night. Why are you Why are you feeling subdued right now? Well, it just kind of was there, <laughs> right? I mean, I liked it overall. I liked it, but okay. I kind of feel like the overall consensus is that it could have been more. I think we live in that day and age where it's just so much again with the expectations. But yeah, it was it was WrestleMania. It was cool. I like that. That's a quasi diplomatic. And shade throwing uh, assessment of what's going on. Let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why it was what it was. Let's talk about the big things, and then we're gonna go a little bit meta. But we're gonna spend some time on each of these things a little bit later. But let's get right off the top. The Undertaker is retired. Well, I guess they've already taken booking odds on if he's gonna show up at the Royal Rumble. Which so which brings me to what you said. If, so it was just some kind of fancy strip tease that he was doing. I thought it was his one man recreation of the Magic Mike movie. Is that's? Uh, I got a little nervous when he got around. Like he took off the trench coat, and then the hat came off. And this all took like thirty minutes, by the way. Um, but then after the hat comes off. When it looked like he was pulling up his pants a little bit more, I was like, no, Taker, no, no. But let's talk about the symbolism of that. I really liked it because it seemed like the way, if it is true, he is going, uh, that it seemed like the way that he wanted to go out. He wanted to lose, he specifically, reportedly, wanted to lose to Roman Reigns, which, wow. Way to way to take one for the team there, Taker. I'm going to go ahead and give part of myself to put over Reigns, and it's like, dude, we keep trying. Ugh. So then, after all of that happens, he gets to have this really nice uh, taking off the trench coat, taking off his hat, taking off his gloves, and symbolically, when you take off the gloves or you take off your wrestling shoes in combat sports, that's your way of signaling you're done. And I like the way they teased it where he was going to leave the ring, but then he thought about it and he goes... One more thing. And then he, like, drops in and he, he does the whole thing. Uh, it was a nice shedding of the character and it allowed him to become Mark. And I thought that was great. Now, having said all of that, we did say that The Undertaker should be retired. But, you know, Mark Calloway could enter the Royal Rumble, though. As Mark Calloway? Yeah, 100%. Mean Mark. Okay. Back to the the um, <clears throat> Twin Tower days. Absolutely. Danny Spivey. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people remember that. Good job, Raph. Thank you. Yeah, that, I really liked uh, NWA back then. 
<laughs> and before I forget this, like how in trouble, like if you were, wait till your dad gets home, right? And the yeah. Undertaker came home and was in his hat and trench coat and stuff. Like <laughs> you, like how long would it be till you you'd be able to run away? Because it would take forever for him to take that off, right? Like wow. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna whoop you. So and then just the hat. <laughs> Seven minutes later, you're hiding in your casket in your room. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people have talked about the appropriateness of this. And I'll say this: I think that people got confused as to the match and the ending. I thought the ending was very fitting. I thought it was good. I thought the match was clunky as fuck. We knew that was going to happen. You saw how he was acting at Royal Rumble, and the end was sad. You know, I wish the end was sadder, but it wasn't. The (laughs) end was, like, it was trying to touch on the HBK and Ric Flair themes that we've seen before, and that shit, like, got people choked up. Here, the end of The Undertaker got people choked up, because for whatever reason, whenever they kept cutting to the interplay of the two... Taker was setting up reins and kind of being like, you got to just do it. Just do it. Kind of look at his face, which is, you know, that like was, a true Western kind of feel to it. Right. That wasn't the thought during the match, though, that you didn't think that this is this was the last hurrah during. I did. I always really? think of it. I always think of it because I'll tell you a few things that didn't make me feel good. Number one, when the Undertaker gets the cheat of getting hit while his back is against the. Uh, the ring post, and he's being essentially set up for the last ride. Grabs it underneath, gets the underhooks, and as we go to lift him a little bit, aka me and The Undertaker, because we're one and the same, when we go to lift him and he can't do it, it becomes the most ruthless just bump of like, well, The Undertaker's got a good knee, so I'm not fucking going down with you. I'm just going to launch you to the ground. And I just thought, shit, dude, this is where it gets rough. Then if that wasn't enough, they have the reversal of the tombstone. That just didn't happen. And The Undertaker was trying so hard to, like, allow himself to get put in a uh, tombstone or at least a threat of a tombstone. And what does Roman Reigns do when he can't do that? Oh, I don't know. Goes to do a Superman punch. That became, I think, their default back plan. It was like, if you can't lift me, just do another goddamn Superman punch. It's, uh, it's it was a hard thing. To, it's a hard thing to watch, man. Really, and I think that was <clears throat> the theory was there, but the execution the execution hasn't been there for a second. There's only so many people that could carry him, and that was evident in the Rumble where you, you, there was n- nothing to carry him. The ropes <laughs> could even carry him. <laughs> I will say he did do one great at the very beginning of the match, uh, one great knockout of the ring where he stood right exactly back up, and I thought that was great. I also have to give some credit to the people who came up with the idea to cheat him in because we looked at that ramp and we're like, oh, (laughs) fuck, nope, he's not doing that. And then they cheated him in and they had him get leveled up. And I thought that was really cool because you got the big angle of him coming up. But I can tell you why it wasn't cool at the end, though, Mike. Why? Because he went back down it? He, they did us dirty. The WWE did us real dirty, Mike. Do you know why? No, I don't know where you're going with this. They fucking Terminator 2'd us. And I didn't need that shit. <laughs> when he put his hand up in the air and got lowered down, I was like, no! No, right. Arnold, come back! 
See, but you said it wasn't as sad as you wanted it to be. So if you put it in that, but the kind match of wasn't resonant. sad. I said the execution at the end, aka the very, very end, where he got the time to himself and Roman Reigns was not involved anymore. I thought that was done very well. I just say don't confuse the two to the normal fan, which is this. Right. I say don't confuse the fact that the match was pretty subpar, but I felt that the end, at the very least, it was like a bad airplane landing where you go, shit. It was bumpy as fuck, but you know, we landed and we're all safe. So that was kind of how I, I interpreted it. Yeah, it was kind of expected though, right? So it was kind of like, yeah, okay. But yeah, the end kind of did dress it up accordingly. They were, especially in the age where <clears throat> they've branded it to where they're looking for their WrestleMania moments, I guess that's what it's going to be remembered for mostly um, other than uh, the big surprise, which we'll probably talk about here shortly. I don't know if you're going to do the card in order. I don't know how you do things these days. Well, but, uh, I take my cues from the WWE and I just kind of make it up on the fly. <laughs> I just, I know, we'll call it in the ring is what we're going to do here, Mike. I just, I, I, I do want to say this for The Undertaker. I thought it was a fitting way to go and I got really pissed because we've talked about this before, but I always said the way I wanted to see him go out was if Paul Bearer was still alive, I would have loved to have seen Paul use the urn and The Undertaker couldn't be revived by it. And then that would have been the true end of the character to me. And then Paul had to go and die. And I was like, well, shit. There goes my I idea. Really, I really think they missed the boat with the hologram Paul Bearer then. Like, it could have been like the end of, of Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean? <laughs> with him. And they could have gone down together. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, you know what? That, let's let's look back into that for WrestleMania 35 uh, for uh, Mark when he makes his return. Because my favorite joke, and I have to say this, was somebody I think in the WrestleMania or WrestleZone forum that just put, "So guys, who do you think the Undertaker's facing at 34?" And I said, "That's pretty funny." Um, anyway, yeah. So I would hope John gone... Cena's the answer. He's gonna fight Cena. No, dude, Cena's got to get married this time next year, right? Oh, they're gonna do the the ceremony on on WrestleMania. I don't know, dude. It takes a while to plan a wedding. But... How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? How dare you? Why? Why? Tell me why, Mike. Because they're gonna they're gonna do a year long build to it. Watch, I guarantee you, that's gonna be the next segment on Raw. Oh no, they're on SmackDown. That's yeah, right. yeah. Thank God. Thank God, we have to wait a day for it. Jeez. No, what they're gonna do is basically what you saw was the world's best throw to preparing this week on Divas Live, on Ultimate Divas, or Total Divas, or whatever fucking Divas we have this week. But didn't they just kill the entire storyline of the whole show? Well, now they got to find another storyline. And you know what really is bad about the E! Network? The E! Network can make anything into a storyline. What do I mean by that? I mean, they gave a show to Mariah Carey where one episode that got all the way through the storyline was Mariah was having a hard time at her dance rehearsals. Mike, do you know how much Mariah Carey dances? Like how much would you say when you watch her if in the time that you've seen her? How much has she really danced? Not a lot. Not a lot because you know what she does? She gets lifted all over the place. So when she says she has dance rehearsal, what she means is she has all of these dancers pick her up and move her all over the place. But the way they played it for eight episodes of one hour apiece was, y'all, it's like these dance rehearsals are really hard. 
and like I injured my shoulder when they were lifting me on a couch once and it was awful guys and you're like but you weren't dancing how the fuck did you get injured sitting down and can we just talk about your deep love for anything Mariah Carey I love Mariah Carey but I and- love love even more uh, Mariah's World because it's the worst piece of television and I highly encourage you guys to watch it because it is the world's best garbage of how much they try to dramatize anything. But again, if they could do that with Mariah fucking Carey, then the new season of Total Divas is going to be like, guys, planning a wedding is so hard. Who knew? Everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody who's gotten fucking married and has planned it and did it for a year can tell you that shit is fucking difficult. So, yes, we're there. However, I have to say, and I didn't expect this, Mike. My wife didn't get to watch WrestleMania. She comes home and she goes, well, did anything significant happen? And I said, The Undertaker retired. And she just goes, that eh, sounds about right. So, like, even she's like, yeah, no, we should be done there, right? A little bit later, she found out via, I guess, her news stream or Facebook or whatever. And she looked at me and she goes, how come you didn't tell me that John Cena got engaged? And I'm like, babe, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that important. She goes, I'm just surprised when I asked you what happened, why you didn't tell me. And I said, babe, don't you hate John Cena? And she goes, yeah, Cena sucks. Everybody knows that. And I go, okay, well, I have truly found someone who understands our heel-like mentality. I'm, I'm now, really, if it had something to do with Holy Foley, you would have been in big trouble. Oh, fuck. No, no, no. I was even looking because she – that was like one of her first questions was, how's Holy Foley going? I was like, babe, they have to do another episodes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you love that show so much, but you do. So anyway, there is that. Um, no, what I really wanted out of that whole – what they really could have do to further the whole show is I really thought um, Nikki should have said no. So we we were sitting there just – begging John Cena to have the real heel turn come from this because there's no way anything would ever top that is like totally screwing her over and then what if he became the most popular heel because of that yeah that would be well what would he do well, like what he would have to just be like so uh, you want to get lunch and then leave or something? <laughs> exactly <laughs> and being like you know I've been waiting a long time for this and uh, I've always talked about family and you know how important family is to me. So as a result of that, I want you to meet my new girlfriend who's going to become my wife. I think it's important you get to know who she is. Eva Marie. <laughs> no, well, that's what they were saying about just the show in general is that there was something there for everybody. And so like your wife, she wanted – she was vested into to that storyline. Yeah. They had, you know, something for – the soap opera, they had something for the wrestling fan. That's why I kind of felt like that Seth Rollins Triple H match was kind of like a weird throwback. I felt it was kind yes. of like out of place because it was such a old school type of match. And so that was there for that. Then you had the two big brooding, big sweaty men that, are, that Vince McMahon loves going full blown at each other for six minutes, which was <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, there's something that was there for, for, for everybody, you know, um, 
I was actually talking to my roommate who doesn't really know like the main storylines, but he kind of knows Cena, and he's like, he thought he should thought it would have been good if he would have proposed to both the twins. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I definitely thought this, and I yell this out as a joke, and I think you'll appreciate it. But I said uh, to my buddy Gagne, I go, hey man, what's the odds on favorite that they're gonna pull uh, twin magic? Twin magic. magic, and. You just heard him go like, dude, Brie isn't there. And I go, no, 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 no. Between like Cena and her, like that would have been great to pull twin magic right then and there. And he just goes, that's so, Raph, I hate you. And I go, no, 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 that joke works. And more importantly, not only does that joke work, but then when we started thinking of twin magic, we were like, oh, twin magic, twin magic, get engaged to the wrong one. 80s movie sitcom plot. Yay. What? Don't. What? What? <laughs> But let's also give a lot of credit to The Miz for those promos that happened the week of. Because, the first of all, doing the whole, like, recreation of Total Divas made me laugh a lot. And if yeah, we're talking was... about heel work, I thought that was some of the best. I, I thought at a certain point it elevated a match that nobody was interested in and said, like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. That's fine. I think they're, they used to be a lot better at doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what kind of made Team Hell know what they were. Yeah. Were those fu- those funny little segments. Um, and they were trying to – I don't know if they were trying to ride the line of it, trying to add to the show or <clears throat> go kind of break kayfabe with the whole Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, Eddie Guerrero, um, Rey Mysterio era. Where they were just trying to break the the line completely, make it reality TV. But, but I felt like they rode the line kind of completely the, the way they needed to. But Mike, the, the whole basis of this was to lead up to the fact that John Cena is really selfish. And what better way to signify that than by having The Miz talking about the fact and taking it from this angle, which is you guys basically make the rest of us who found true love and get married look terrible and i was like oh shit that's really funny well oops he did it again because did you hear what he said to her Mm. that he basically asked her to marry him while she was on drug like looped out on again yes all creepy i'm sure way more romantic in his head but it it definitely (laughs) had way more vibes to me of Triple H and Steph, but in real life. Right, absolutely. Yes, yes, I do. Absolutely. Because <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me. It was like, when he started going, now, now, Nikki, do you remember? Or Nicole, he's like, Nicole, do you remember when you were passed out and I basically asked you this question and I said, you have to tell me the truth and you did? Well, guess what? We're actually, we've been married for a whole year. Fool you. Yeah, there was a priest there the whole night. So the only two times John Cena even mentioned marriage to this girl was while she was before surgery passed out on Oxycontin and in front of the largest <laughs> uh, crowd in Citrus Bowl history. Like, yeah, way yeah. to <laughs> right <laughs> way to leave room for any kind of discussion or these. I just always think to myself. You know, what girl didn't dream that out? What girl doesn't, like, sit and as they're becoming older, just start to think about the perfect way of being proposed to and just thinking to themselves, you know, it would be great is to never actually get a true acknowledgement of getting married. 
until I'm passed out. Or WrestleMania, you talk to any normal group, <laughs> like, hey, would you love to get proposed to? Even in the stands at WrestleMania, they'd be like, are you out of your mind, let alone in the uh, in the ring? Well, the other thing is, uh, one of my friends asked, they're like, did she know about this? And I was like, well, I would hope so. I would hope at this point she's playing it up for all of well, us. Well, they, they ruined it for me when they went and saw the mom before the right, match. Right, right, right. I was like, oh, it's a given right there. Oh, look. And they acted all surprised. Oh, mom's there. Oh, yeah. Like you didn't get her, her ringside placard. But, but, but Mike, let's think about this, though. Let's think it out just a little bit more. There's some really important information that maybe we're glossing over here. And maybe this is, again, going back to what we're great at, which is helping to book as best we can, which is this. When they do a match like this, and you have The Miz and whatever stipulation. There shouldn't be an I quit match. It should have been an I do match. Because it seemed like that's the, the stipulation that would have scared Cena the most. <laughs> that's a good... No. I Well, if The Miz and Maurice lost, they had to get divorced. <laughs> True love ends. Right? Or that's the way to put The Miz over. If The Miz and Maurice beat Cena, then um, they have to, then Cena would have to propose. Absolutely. That's what I was hoping for. Or oh, it's so much better. It's like, I just thought, I was like, how do we make this an actual stipulation? Because again, like when you saw them going over to their family, I go, yep. All right. They're getting fucking engaged. All right. Whatever. That's nice. And you start to think to yourself, you go, you know, we're trying to hit all the quadrants for the demographics who are watching this show. I know exactly who this is for and congratulations because you know somewhere out there, there was a Chola who never watches WWE but who had to watch this and was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Like John Cena so like, oh my God. For sure, smile now, cry later. <laughs> and somebody even said like, I think there was actually a Chola who, when The Undertaker lost, if I'm being correct, actually looked and turned around to one of her friends. Or maybe it was the John Cena match, but, like, I think it was The Undertaker match that she looked at one of her friends and goes, that's so sad. And you see her mouthing the words perfectly. And my, my night was done in. I just go, she's my favorite person, 100% from here on out. Okay, so now we've got John Cena. Let's talk about the big return, because that seems to be... I think the moment that made everybody feel great. Delete, 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 delete. You're going to have to stop me. I, delete, I, you know, I recognize delete. that. I realized I was like, he might go on for a while. How long well, they, yeah. they, they program you to go for saying delete? For as long as you, they have time and space. Okay. That's <laughs> for as long as time and space. I enjoyed hearing them come out. I thought the way they did it was absolute pitch perfect. Because we had heard rumblings they were going to be included on the show, but we didn't know for sure. And then to see them there, it felt right. It really did. Well, because like I was telling you, it, they're good at giving you that one little thing that the IWC wants. AJ Styles, Ty Dillinger, the Royal Rumbles. And then you didn't know. And they kind of masked it with the New Day coming out their gear and it was believable that the New Day was going to join because they're the longest blah, 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 training champion, blah, 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 and then we hit 4.30 the whole nine. You know what I mean? We get it. And I was like, oh, shit, it's going to – and then are they going to – you had that? Are they going to do it? And you're right. The minute you heard the do, 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 I, 
I said I got up and I ran out of the house I was hanging. I was hanging out at Downey's house and I ran out because, yeah, that was awesome. They did something that you kind of were expecting, but it was definitely the WrestleMania moment. I think it's a bigger moment. I think that's the moment of that WrestleMania for sure. I think it trumps The Undertaker. Well, I mean, the poor Undertaker is marred by one Roman Reigns. Like, that's how shitty his going out has to be is that he went down on his what is it sword shield whatever they like to say and like i feel like roman tainted so much of that just by association and like that's pretty much what they tasked him to do there's that photo of roman reigns like behind the scenes that just looks sad because i looked to one of my friends and i said guys can you imagine this you're a kid you like fantasy book. You think to yourself, oh, man, I would beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. But then nobody tells you how shitty that will feel when the audience just doesn't like you because Vince loves you. Yeah, but they haven't liked him forever, though. But, yeah, that it. <laughs> cements it like, you bastard. Right. How dare you? But, like you said, it was The Undertaker's call. Anyway, back to the Hardys. Um, they were just in a match the night before against the Young Bucks, I guess some crazy-ass ladder war um, that I guess Jeff was really, really hurt from, which serves a point, like, for the last, like, year and a half, these guys have been in the ring with everybody, doing everything. TNA, fucking, um, they were in Mexico, they were doing um, Ring of Honor, they just, you know, uh, was at the show, they came back and won the belts, and yeah, that was a really quick. Like I was saying, if I would have told you when I met you at WrestleMania 26 that Matt Hardy was going to be Uber Fire and CM Punk was going to be MIA, you would have told me to leave. That's true. That's 100% true. And I mean, it's it's it felt nice. And I don't know if you did this in your brain, but I started racking focus to my first memory of the Hardy Boys at a WrestleMania. And I was going all the way back to like 2000, dude. Yeah, I was at that WrestleMania, so I'll get all like, oh, it was a culmination of, you know, the whole, yeah, so, and I think that was why, because I thought the other scenario could have been the Usos coming out until mm -hmm. I saw them mm -hmm. in the Andre the Giant Memorial coming out saying how how day one-ish they were and how they didn't have a match at Mania and that blah, 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 whoop-de-woo, like honky-tonk man and basically then have the Hardy Boys come out, uh, Ultimate Warrior, then have the crowd go nuts. But they involved them in the ladder match, and I think it was a, how you always say, a love letter to reminisce about, you know, the great, those good WrestleMania. I guess what, 17's great, the best one ever, right? It's considered pretty much up there, if not the. Um, so, okay, so then they come back. And that's why I was doing this this whole, like, trying to figure out when I first saw them in my brain. Because then I started to do the math, and I'm like, yo, that's like 20 years of falling off ladders, guys. Like, ouch. And the fact that, like you said, they did it the day before, too. You go, ah, yeah, this is the right time to push all in. Yeah, you'd have to. Uh, what, one other time is, there's, it's, this is such a unique situation for them you know how much of a maniac jeff hardy is he can yeah he's just thinking i can do this one more time one more time i'm thinking their schedule is going to be pretty light 
considering what they were doing. They were asked to do that kind of shit in the indies. Now they can go kind of chill and like you just saw a wrestling match with them against a club right now. It wasn't anything kind of there was no ladders or gimmicks involved. Yeah. They just kind of walked through the motions. I'm just scared that the delete they're gonna delete the delete. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're they're kind of already like I said, not to keep saying subdued. They're kind of weaning it off them a little bit. I don't know if it's because of legal issues or what, but that's what made them hot fire. So yep, let Dylon be Dylon. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said let Dylon be Dylon. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, good. The five greatest rappers of all time, Rafa Sparza. I understand. That's fine. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, just in case you guys are tuning in and you already know this because you're in the future, uh, that's how this weird shit works. But right now they have the chairman come out to join on the does he have a? Why does he have a black eye from his car accident? Stay consistent, though. Uh, that's the most important thing here, Mike. Okay. Also, I think he just has it from being old. But I love the fact that Vince came out here and said that Stephanie's going to be out of commission for a while. Audience goes fucking nuts. Vince hasn't lost a fucking step. They're deleting her. They just deleted her off TV. Absolutely. Genius. So are we getting a new commissioner here? Is that what's going on? Oh. And if so, who? Who? Guess right now because we'll find out very soon. I'm going Kurt Angle. Yeah, I really hope it's Kurt. It has to be. But but they want to put him in a wrestling role. And then I was reading things that it's going to be Shawn Michaels, but I don't think Shawn Michaels holds any weight. We've already done that. Yeah. Watch it be like Big Johnny. That'd be great. Like John Lauren, pull the strings on oh. John Laurinaitis. How awesome would that be? Be amazing. Have it be somebody that just doesn't. Everybody knows it's going to be Kurt Angle. <laughs> I don't have any sound on, so I don't know what's uh, right happening. Right now, it is a person who was just inducted into the Hall of Fame. And hold on. No. Holla, holla. No, they're going to do this whole... Can Vicky Guerrero please come out, please? She's still my bae. You know, it's funny. I literally was seconds away from saying Teddy Long. This is amazing. Cut his not, music is great. <laughs> it's not going to be Teddy Long. No, no. It's just funny. Uh, uh, some notes on the Hall of Fame while they do this uh, sleight of hand. Uh, let me just bring up a couple things that I think are super important to talk about, which is this. Uh, number one, I thought the speeches uh, at the Hall of Fame, I watched a number of them. I actually didn't watch Kurtz because I passed out. Uh, but I have to really signal out a couple. Um, Diamond Dallas Page getting inducted. Fine. Good. Eric Bischoff inducting. Good. Uh, Ravishing Rick Rude's kid. Fine job. Everybody's wondering why that kid isn't wrestling. I think he just wants a normal life. So the one that really stuck out to me, though, was Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix had a very, like, tribute to all the women in the WWE, past and present, that I thought was pretty impressive. They said that she sniped the elephant in the room just really eloquently. She like really literally. did. And it was tough because I, I asked this yesterday to my friends. I said, is this really the way that they're going to pay tribute to China? They could. They, but they have to do it. They have to do it on their own, though. They have to do it. 
it has to be a full tribute. They can't just keep mentioning it. They have to they have to put all their chips on the table with it. It's Absolutely. not fair. We already talked about that in one of the past episodes, I think when she passed. It's just not a it's not a fair rub that she got. Oh wow, that, she's full blown crying about China. Yeah. No, yeah, it's good. You bring her up and the tears just start flowing. Yep. So here's what's happening now. We do know for sure it is Kurt Angle as the new general manager. I think that's fitting. Kurt Angle's so much fun on the mic. Uh, from the clips I saw, when he did the reincarnation of Sexy Kurt, a.k.a. the take on Shawn Michaels theme song. I'll make your ankle oh, hurt. Oh, man. There's, there are a few hurt. songs that make me laugh more than him doing that. I thought that was genius. I don't know how I felt about that, though. I kind of I kind of felt like watch, I was watching The Undertaker wrestle with that. I don't, if, I don't know if... It's just my public speaking thing, and I get embarrassed for people. But, yeah, it came off – the more I kind of relaxed into it, it came off pretty good. He was just doing a greatest hits. Oh, yeah. You're doing your – you're pulling out your greatest hits. And you know what? Nobody gets mad when the Eagles play fucking Hotel California, so get the fuck out of here. You play your greatest hits. And you don't have to, but it's just – it's in character with what a doofus he could be portrayed as. And that at his best was when he was in the WWE doing that guy. So that's why I'm interested to see what they do with him as a raw general manager. He's good on the mic, and it's the most endearing version of you suck that does exist. All right, so while Kurt does this, we're going to return back to talking about WrestleMania. Uh, Obviously, the Hardys was a huge moment. Do you have any more that you wanted to say about that? Uh, Do you think they should have won the belts? Was that the right call? Sure. Why not? Yeah, why not? Like, do you really have... Any issue with anybody else not winning, like Gallows and Anderson, Cesaro and Sheamus, Enzo and Cass, like all those people are fine. Like I have no issue with them getting a fast pass to the to the belt. I guess Enzo's gear cost fifty thousand dollars to that make. That was amazing, by the way. When you look <laughs> to see what he was wearing, he looked like a, a Peggy Bundy dream come to life. Yeah, he did. Wow, that is that is a great reference. He did look like Peggy Bundy's. And while yeah, we're on just it, let's talk about this ramp that happened. Because if we're talking about metaphors, the one that stuck out to me consistently was when you look down at the ramp, it looked like everybody was going to Asgard. It's going to be a long run, Cena said. It was such an awkward thing to watch him. It was about, what, like 80, wow. 80 yards? <clears throat> yeah, when Cena ne- like needed to make... A run. All I could think of was this is meme material to see a giant man running as fast as he can. Uh, however, this is why we also bring up, and I want to get this joke in before we go on. But notice, the Miz basically shared his music with his wife, unlike John Cena, who had to have his own entrance. Again. Consistent to character. I'm just saying, guys. I said that out loud. I said that out loud when it happened. I was like, oh, they're coming out separately? How cute. That's Yeah, that's true love at its finest. No, back to the ramp. We saw that the ramp could fit about mm, nine police motorcycles on it at once. No, don't. Let's get into it. I just, I know you want to talk about how bad this entrance was, and I would like to join you on it. What the fuck was that? I'm still confused. What Raph can Raph Esparza? Yes, sir. Can you please explain to me 
what that was. What was it? What what was what was it a reference to? I don't okay. understand. So the police escort was really weird, and I I was trying to make heads and tails of it, and it just wasn't quite computing. But I can tell you what was making me laugh. Yeah, sure, you can go ahead and take the angle of oh, it's a non litigious match. Like, what difference is that between that and a no DQ what? match? Does that mean that every other match, everybody's been liable to be sued by the WWE? What like, I thought, like, on the non-sanctioned matches, you shouldn't get a fucking entrance then. That's what I thought. Like, at all. Like, you shouldn't <laughs> get an entrance. It's non-sanctioned. They don't, they're not signing off on this, but we're going to give you pageantry for it. If it's non-sanctioned, is it just like, well, what's this ref doing? Is he doing it pro bono? Nobody asks about that right. shit. Yeah, no, and it kind of – what was the words they used to call the, the non-sanction? He had to sign a – A non – like uh, a lawsuit. Like He basically had to uh, sign a waiver that said like – NDSA and the LSA DNA. <laughs> but that – I mean that's a great touch and I don't mind that. Here's where I knew things were going awry. So first of all, they're on a product plus placement like Harley Davidson for like 20 minutes just chilling there. And Stephanie is not budging. Her face looks permanently in that, like, still, like, resting bitch face that she can so perfectly do. So then the police goes out there to drive him down. But nothing says badass like taking your wife on a Tyco truck and making it down the ramp two miles per hour. I think he thinks that this is what it's like when I, this is what it's going to be like when I'm president. <laughs> you know what I mean? His yep. midlife crisis, like jacket, his midlife crisis, beard. He has to get the Harley, the Tyco version. You know, we're going to go out together. And Stephanie's like, I don't want to. And like, you are. Yeah. Because I'm the president. This is, we're going to get the motorcade. I don't get it. What, was it Sons of Anarchy? What the fuck was that? It's just, you know what it is? I will say this. Because don't forget, this was the same Triple H who a couple years ago, to promote Terminator, came out with skulls. Like, he's all about the... I like that. That made, that made a lot of sense. Kind of, but it was still kind of hokey because, A, two things happened. One, it was during the day. So that was happening, and it made it, like, really weird because of the, the placement of having it in San Francisco. And number two... This is the one that made me laugh all the more. You could see them getting the props together. Like, they cut back too early on that, like, WrestleMania, where you see him being handed all of his shit. And he has that look on his face like, motherfucker, I have to fucking sell the fuck out of this. The things I do to, for Arnold's favor. Hmm. So they were going as basic as possible so he just didn't have to deal with it or what? Well, I think this one just became Harley Davidson was like, hey, we got like a motorcycle. Can you like put it in there? And Triple H is like, I'm sure I can. Steph, you're going to get on the back of this. You're going to follow me down. And she's just like, whatever, babe, I'm down. So I think that's how it worked. I, I don't think in any stretch of the imagination you can get Triple H – uh, to basically say no to if Subway sandwiches was like, bro, we want you to like come down in a giant like uh, Subway sandwich vehicle, and he'd be like, I'll do it. The but avocado. Only if I get to write it. The avocado. The avocado. <laughs> <laughs> 
You don't remember that bit? No. Um. So it's just. Well, then what the fuck was Seth doing? Oh, Steph's just fucking there for the ride. No, Steph, not Steph. Seth with his fire. Oh, what Seth. was that? Okay, that we need to talk about. Because at first I was like, is he getting the Olympic torch? And then it became this thing where he's holding it. And I go, what, like, what house party did you steal that from? I think that's keeping away all the bugs. That's really rude of you to take that, Seth. Like and then he puts torch. it on the ground. And when he puts it on the ground, then the whole computerized thing becomes lit on fire. And I have news for you guys. I know you guys do the stretch of imagination thing because, great, we're all wrestling fans. We have good imagination. But that's not how fire works. <laughs> yes, it is. No, you don't put it on an LED screen and then have the whole LED screen light up on the inside. That's not how it fucking works. That's how physics works. That was a physical, an exact physical representation of how fire flows. If they would have put gasoline in a solid line like that, are you kidding me? And how it went up to all the ring and just an even line and was shot straight up like Kane was coming out? (sighs) Wow, okay, well... I don't want to get to the part where I tell you the Undertaker can't actually summon thunder and lightning, but that's for another. Discussion. Well, then how can Bray Wyatt summon maggots in the okay. LED screen? This is another thing that we need to bring up. The because, Okay, so if I was having fun during WrestleMania, I know that you said it wasn't like super great. I thought it actually had a pretty good pace and felt okay up until Elo's Pitbull. Then I thought we were losing some major momentum, but Elo's Pitbull. Major turning point for me. However, after that, it's you've got Orton and Bray Wyatt. And in that match, when Randy was walking down and they got one of the terribly animated snakes from Snakes on a Plane to follow him down, it looked like a toilet snake more than it looked like anything else. So it looked like he was following him down a drain of shit. So then when he finally makes his way to the ring, I thought, I go, wait, why do we have this? Oh, no, Supernatural. Fuck, are we going to get something? I did not expect the mat. And I think it could have been cool to do something interesting on there. But no, we went to stock footage of maggots and stock footage of, like, earthworms and some other bullshit or cockroaches. And it's supposed to, like, freak them out. And if I'm Randy Orton, I don't know if people know how lights work. You don't get to see what's really on the mat. You're just kind of blinded by why the fuck is something projecting at my face? And it was really dumb. That was I think that was the dumbest thing. And the match was just fine between them. It wasn't anything great. No, it wasn't. It was awful. Well, why was it so fucking boring? I mean, let's put it this way. I think they have a weird style between the two of them, uh, just in terms of how they play off each other. But, like, it was exactly what I expected from a match between the two of them. So if you want to say that Randy's boring, then let's file that under, yeah, then maybe you should expect that to be the kind of match you would see from him. I just don't care why they took the they what Bray Wyatt was a champion for for a month. There was sure. no Okay, so I know they don't they're shying away from the shenanigans, but there was not any shenanigans on any other match. They couldn't have had Luke Harper or Eric Rowan or maybe even like Bo Wyatt like show up or something. They couldn't do it just matches felt so flat. And it always yeah. seems like Randy Orton's matches fall flat like that because it just seems like he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, yeah, well, I don't, this I don't just know where to go on that one. Yeah. Explain to well, people what's going on here. Breaking news. The um, New Day is dressed up like a, 
fluorescent My Little Pony uh, LOD, and I didn't hear what they were saying, but I guess they were calling out, you know, there's no competition or that whole shtick, and fuck, the greatest tag team with no flips, just flip fists come out, finally making the main roster. They've been so good for so long, and that brings me to the point, probably the match of the weekend was that triple threat match from TakeOver. If you haven't watched it, I've watched it four times already. It was <laughs> so good. The psychology of it, everything. The way they elevated AOP, um, just with the whole giant story and how they had to play off of it and team up together. If you haven't watched it, it's really good. It's really what, um, one, a triple threat match should look like, and two, tag team match. And these guys, DIY and the rival, have been doing it for so long, and it's so good that they finally got called up. I know I'm talking way too fast right now, and I don't know if I'm going to It's okay, you're excited. Breath, you're, you're good. Don't like, run out of breath. We still got a little bit more to go, okay? Woo! There we go. Woo your way out of it. Flare your way out of it. We'll get to talking about another flare in a second, but I also wanted to uh, get any of your thoughts on the uh, Rollins-Triple H match. Yeah. Yeah, it was a match. It was, yeah, it was a match. Okay. Um, tri- uh, fa- fun fact, that makes Triple H's record tying or breaking 12th loss at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, it felt, I don't know if people wanted that match at WrestleMania. Again, I thought I overbooked it in my head with somewhere Samoa Joe coming out and Finn Balor making it some kind of save because it was non-sanctioned but they went pretty um traditional for it so it was uh i mean it was there it was there it served its purpose to put rollins over and it it, it's a good bit of storytelling i don't know if that's what the fans are really into but if that's your thing then yeah it was really good i appreciate the fact that uh maybe we need to have triple h look at the cost benefit of having stephanie ringside is that come up in it? Is that come up in come up in come up in it? <laughs> it is definitely come up in it. Um, no, it is like interesting to watch her uh, cost him a match, and I'm wondering like, wait, did she cost him a match last year? Like, how does this even work anymore with him? But it was accidental. So was was it really come up in, or was it just like, well, wrong place, wrong time? Well, I mean, the shoulder block into the table made me laugh. So I, I won't lie there. I thought that was funny. And Stephanie is always down for the cause. We didn't get the Illuminati speech, which made me a little sad. But I love the fact that when he goes up to, like, do a giant strength pose on the ring posts or, you know, just jumps up to the corners. And you see her the minute he starts to, like, flex. She does the exact same mirrored flex under it. It's like the little touches like that that make me appreciate what she does. Um, I have an important question to you, and I, maybe this tells you the, the, the tempo or the necessity of this in the match, but should we have seen a curb stop in this one, or were you okay with pedigree versus pedigree? Yeah, pedigree versus pedigree. Okay. They had to do it. it was part of, Like I said, it was part of the storytelling. The curb stop, um, I think they really just went full-blown with outlawing it, which I still don't get why the drive-by is okay. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. No? <laughs> is that what we're dealing with at this point? Fuck. Well, okay. So I, I think that kind of closes out that match. One that I wanted to talk about. And the reason why this is interesting is because they paid a lot of money for this bullshit. But Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, which I would love to see the breakdown of how much they got paid per second because we took bets at my place here. And the bet at first, somebody asked me, like, how long do you think the match is going to go here? 
And at first I was like, well, seven minutes. And my buddy Gagne came up with the best way to quantify it, which he said, not when the match starts, but from first contact, I will give you an over under of four minutes and 15 seconds. And I said, I will take the over. And how long was that match, Mike? Four minutes and 45 seconds. Wow. Good bet. Yeah, it was a great bet. I I love like when he said it exactly like that. I said, not only is that specific enough to be amazing, but what else do you expect from this match? When they started getting into the amount of suplexes versus spears, it was like, oh god, yeah, this is what we paid for, everybody. And uh, Goldberg no selling his way through everything. It's just like. You know it's an interesting match when you look at the nuance that Brock Lesnar is bringing to the wrestling ring. I thought it was, okay, so you're dealing with, what, five moves? You're dealing with a belly-to-back suplex, a F5, a spear, a jackhammer, and what else? Maybe one more, like some punchies? Some maybe punchies. Some punchies. <laughs> You know what it reminded me of? Did you ever see, uh, uh, I think it was an old game show it was called, um, Name That Tune. And the idea was you would have to kind of bet how many notes you could name that tune in. And they would like play like two notes and you'd have to do it. I think that's essentially what they did with this. They're like, name that match. I can finish this match in three moves. Interesting. (laughs) I can finish this match in two moves. Well, they went with a four. But I think it's the way they delivered it. When um, Lesnar did the pose after he suplexed him and then Goldberg speared him immediately, that was – that kind of hit me as like a shock. That was kind of cool. Oh, you know, then um, – I actually thought the way they, when he they did the little, that on camera was beautiful. That was an actual like right, oh right. shit moment. Was, yeah, the production of it, the, the production of it was good. The overall feel of it, the way the camera angles – um, when they played Leapfrog, that was really cool. Oh, shit. His hops were only second to fucking uh, Shane McMahon that night. How? I think that's all he did probably for re- training for WrestleMania, right? Were box jumps. The whole – I was thinking for just like two months, Brock Lesnar, that's all he's doing <laughs> is just getting the, getting the frog leap down. But back to – yeah, that was probably the best match of the night. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. Um, it was four minutes and 47 seconds. 45. Two big brutes just giving, going at it. And sometimes that's what you need, especially in this day and age where they're, you know, doing a lot more flippy McGillicuddy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more, oh, we need a 30-minute match and it's not enough time and we're all savvy to it. It was exactly what it needed to be. And it's good to see the they paid attention to the story, too. And Lesnar walked out um, champion of the universe. As he should. You know, it's believable. Yeah. Goldberg, he was just going through the motions. Okay, we get it. It was good. It was good for what it was worth. But, yeah, now we kind of reset Brock to where he needs to be. Now it kind of opens up the door for, I don't know, if we're going to do Joe and Brock or if Nakamura is actually going to get at it or what we're going to do with it. But at least he sets it accordingly. Well, are we then building to Reigns and Brock next year? Yeah, yeah. That's what the they have already dropped it. When I had the sound on, um, the storyline's going to be that they're the only two people to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, so that's where they're going to settle it over. Is it going to be, you know, when they kept mentioning Yard, I kept thinking, again, missed opportunity. That should have been a get-off-my-yard match with 
the Undertaker and Reigns. A stay off the grass match where they put grass in the middle. It's like it's lava or some shit. Yeah, because every time they come in, like, this is my yard. It was like, well, dude, okay, we got it. Thank you. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about the. I mean, did you have any notes from the four way elimination match for the women's title? I really thought they. Well, I thought it was a callback to. The takeover match with the whole Nia Jax thing. Yeah. Um, I heard a really good point that they kind of should have waited with the whole Bailey winning the belt. If they could have just waited one more month with Bailey winning the belt and ending Charlotte's pay per view streak at WrestleMania, then it could have meant uh, something real. really big. Could have meant something big other than Bailey just winning and that being cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, that's cool. You know, she got her. She was there. She participated in WrestleMania. Sasha kind of turned heel. Yeah. You know, the the Charlotte did her little spitty. Charlotte's the best. She is she the best women's wrestler ever? The answer is yes. Yeah, um, it's hard to deny why she's so good and how she's so good. Especially at this level to do it for just so consistently at that high of a level so fast. But yeah, it was it was there. It could have been better. You know. Um, at least they, you know, there was two women's matches on the card. Yep. Um, I felt good for Naomi. Yes. Again, they should, they could have, they could have saved that for Mania. They could have just done, um, a five way, then had her as a surprise and had the hometown go nuts for it and then have her win the belt. But I don't know what, um, the WWE thinks they're going to miss by not promoting, um, certain people. You know what I mean? Like, if they keep, if they don't promote it, then are they going to miss buys or something? Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, it was good. Uh, one thing I wanted to acknowledge, though, we, we kind of glossed over the entrances for them. I, I was very glad that they gave them very solid entrances. I thought all of them uh, had fun ones. I mean, Bay got her, you know, uh, floaties in the air, which I thought was really cool. But the one that really impressed me, though, Mike, and I'm not sure if it super impressed you, was Sasha Banks got the throwback escort, the limo, what we like to call the golf cart limo, to take her down to that ring. So unlike Triple H's, which is like, I'm a badass, she got that old school, almost elevated, wave to the audience and be a badass, actually. Uh, escort to the ring that I'm pretty sure when they like are all retired and stuff, that's the footage we're going to see of her like in those packages. Did you think CM Punk was going to show up with a Tommy gun? <laughs> I did not think that. No. Oh, come on. You had to think it for a second. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny though. That is, that is really funny. I just love the fact that she owned her entrance in a way because uh, right then, immediately after, they go, look at Charlotte. Oh, you guys, you've never seen an entrance like this. And I was like, okay. And then when we looked at her, she's just standing there. And I go, okay. She did a crazier, she did a crazier entrance like at some like off pay-per-view where they carted her out on a throne or some shit. Right. But I love Who? when they said, they go like, you've never seen an entrance like this. And they're like, well, what's the difference? And I go, oh, yeah. her presence. Just her being like, I'm Charlotte. Look at me. No, the correlation was it was because it was the same place that Ric Flair retired. Sure. That he had walked down the had to walk down on the same ramp. Great. That her dad that her dad did. So Super that's great. why you've never seen that before. I've never seen anything like that before. I walked where my the dad be- walked. Cool. 
the best entrance of the night was Jericho's scarf. For real. Okay, let's get to that. Let's pivot because Jericho's scarf. The it's always the small details with Jericho as well. And I thought that uh, they put on an okay match as well. I thought, what an honor though to get to do a WrestleMania match with Chris Jericho at this point. Yeah. Right. Well. He's been, this is probably the best version of Jericho. He's what, like 46 now? Mm -hmm. Again, this was just a great culmination. The match could have been better, but it wasn't about the match. It was about the story. You know what I mean? Like you said, an honor to be doing um, a match with Chris Jericho. AJ Styles match from last year was was pretty good because it was against Chris Jericho. But this one had the story to it. They could have done more, but the whole um, Kevin Owens... It's been so good for so long, too. I think this match was well, – the setting was perfect. But, again, we're so picky with what the the in-ring these days that it could have been – it was good. I mean, let's talk about some of the small touches. First of all, I mean, just the way that they played off each other, I thought, elevated the match. Um, and I'm talking from small touches of, like, the index finger barely getting the rope break. So good. So fucking funny. We're talking about uh, them catching each other, like – when Owens was putting on that Boston Crab for an old man, I was like, oh, no, that is that is a lot of pressure. I mean, I know we're all doing this uh, to kind of show off these things, but uh, yikes, ouch. And then at the same point when, like, you had Kevin Owens catching uh, a code breaker and then you have the three of them. Oh, my God, what was the move? They did a, a series of three um, in their match that I just thought was so fucking fantastic. It was kind of like, oh, the blocked knees three times in a row. I don't think I've ever seen it happen like three times successively in a row like that. And I thought that was really well done. I think Chris Jericho can't help but have to push it because he has to see what him and Sami Zayn do. So Mm -hmm. I think he kind of have to mimic that kind of delivery of a match because Kevin Owens is good. It's good for that kind of that kind of pace. So, yeah, it serves. But. We're used to Kevin Owens from PWG and Ring of Honor. You know he can do so much crazier mm-hmm. shit that, it, like I said, it gets subdued when you get to, you know, work for in Vinny Cage Trailer Park of Toils. Um, what do you think about Agent and Shane? I honestly thought that might have been match of the night. I yeah, it's th- those were the best two matches of the night: Goldberg and um, Lesnar and AJ and. Shane, I thought it was a perfect opener. I thought it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it served its purpose. I thought it exceeded expectations by by stymieing expectations, too. Everybody thought Shane was going to do something fucking crazy, which the shooting star press was enough, ironically. Whew. Yeah, that was really good. His shooting star press, if we're being honest, kind of better than uh, a few of the cruiserweights on the roster. Well, didn't they... I think they made mention to it. They made mention to somebody being 205 live-ish. Yeah. But, but no, but <clears throat> shoot, I forgot what I was going to say about Shane. Well, let me let me say this real quick because I thought that Shane and, and him, they seem to work better. I mean, in the fact that like with The Undertaker, he was supposed to be the guy who's moving real fast for The Undertaker and that didn't really happen last year. So at least here you had him matched up with AJ a little closer in size and AJ's a a king of landing on Mark. Let's talk about this. One thing that really made me a little sad is that, yeah, they're talking about the whole jujitsu and cardio thing, which is right up my alley. 
But one thing that really showed me the kind of athlete that AJ Styles was. AJ does the bounce off the top rope, and he's looking to go straight into what would be Shane's guard, which in reality is supposed to be a triangle match. But AJ hit his mark perfectly, and the move didn't quite hit. But that happened a couple times in the match, and you're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because in the high spots that they needed to do, they did them. You got a Shane elbow drop onto a table. At one point, I was like, oh, fuck. You had another point where AJ was doing the Styles Clash, and you didn't have the second arm underhooked. And I immediately was thinking, like, um, Shane arm okay? Because that looks that looks like a bad rotator cuff right there. I just thought for so many reasons and more, it's interesting that they would stand out as one of the the biggest highlights of the night. And you're right, it was the right start to that event. So I just I don't know, man. I keep keep in mind this: they had a 20 minute match. So aside from Seth and Triple H and Roman Reigns and the Undertaker. They were the third highest in time. So they got their ability to tell a story. And imagine that, though. I know when people want to bitch about Shane, and and sometimes they're right, but Shane had a 20-minute match. Yeah, but AJ could make fun of him, too. So it kind of, you you know, I mean, it kind of canceled that out. So it kind of had to be a little more serious. It kind of shot away from the whole, his whole punchy and, yeah. kicky flow and they kind of like you said told the story with and Shane did yeah Shane did great I also think back to the shooting star press I think they wanted to do that just to get that image of Brock Lesnar landing on his head out of the Wrestlemania highlights so we can actually see a, a shooting star <laughs> press land, that's not Evan Bourne land adequately you know being the son, you know Shane O'Mac and everything so yeah I was I was happy that um, that's two years in a row, man. That AJ Styles Chris Jericho match was really mm-hmm. good too. AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, I believe. That. Yeah, I my second Zack Saber Jr., but that's easily disputable. But sure. And then my favorite, but yeah, AJ Styles. Did he deserve more? Maybe, but did when you look back at that match, um, I think it worked out. Everything worked out perfectly for both of them. Sure. And I mean, think about his other options. You know, I'm sure he could have a great match with a number of people, but like he's already done the work with Cena. So we weren't going to do that at Mania. And it would have been nice to maybe have him go with The Undertaker, but no, they want to push Reigns. So then the other answer is going to be is he going to do it with Randall? And is he going to do it with Bray? And I don't know. Maybe at least with these, you get a little bit more of a fun match. You know, you know who they pitched it to, right? Mm hmm. They pitched it to HBK, and he yeah. said no. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, but a good try HBK for sticking to his gun. So, I I wouldn't want to see deep down inside as much fancy fun that would be. I I don't want to see him come out of retirement. I think Ric Flair killed that for him. You know what I mean? Listen, I, I've a... seen enough Charlie Chaplin, Triple H walk. I'm I'm good for a while. I know. Did it's we only get all worse. the Did we get all the matches? I think we did, except for the the opening uh, several. But there Dean Ambrose, so many. I know it was a nineteen hour show. Uh, yeah, Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin. It was a fine match, nothing major. Uh, let's talk about. Okay, I'll, I'll say this: Neville mm-hmm. and Austin. Don't Aries. do it! Don't do it! You're rushing to it. You're really rushing to it. Okay. I just want to go there. 
No, you're going to even look over the Neville-Aries match, which is really good because Aries was fucking super over, first yes, of all. I thought it was so. cool that he came out first. Agree. Out of anybody. I thought it was cool that it was in the daytime, and I thought they cut a pretty cool match. Yes, they could have done more. Yeah, yes, I they could have sold, but it, yeah, I thought it was really good. Okay, now get to where you were going. Holy shit. <sighs> okay, let's talk about it. Mojo Raleigh winning the <laughs> insignificant 33-man battle royal for the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. Who? Mojo Raleigh. Have you heard of him? Have you seen this guy? Have you heard this guy? Listen, guys. The best attribute he had going on, it, it goes to show, if you work hard enough and you make it into the WWE, and if you're friends with Rob Gronkowski, you two kids can win the opportunity to main event next year's pre-show as well. I just, I, can't, I don't know, dude. I, with his sun's out, guns out, garb uh, on to the whole nine. I mean, I know what they were trying to do with Gronk. And they had been building it because anytime you have a big celebrity who's a fan, you want to include them. So it didn't even make show. So he's in the pre-show. So it's meant to get us a little bit more interested so that you tune into, you know, the WWE Network. I get it. I get it. I get it. Robert Krawski is a pretty beloved person despite being on the Patriots. And I hate the Patriots. But I'm willing to give him that, you know, he does what he does because he's a generally goofy doofus who loves to party. Again, all things that make sense. However, I didn't understand why he had to come out and do the block. And more importantly, I almost toyed with the idea, and I don't know if you were here on this, where I said, you know what? If he wants to enter the fucking battle royal, fine. I'm there too. Because you have your commentator saying as much. They're like, oh, this is impossible. You can't have someone come into the ring and join the Battle Royal. And you're like, actually, that, you know. Happens all the time. That happens quite frequently. And more importantly, like, why the fuck not? Um, so then I was like, oh, that would be a good story. But they're not going to have him screw over Mojo. Uh, if they did, that would be amazing. But they're not going to do that. Because Gronk, Party Guy, Yo Soy Fiesta, etc. No. He does a shoulder tackle, then leaves. Then the immediate thing should be throw gender over the top rope. But no, gender starts to power back up and almost fights his way back in, which almost negates the necessity of having someone come to do a shoulder block. In fact, there was going to be a suplex onto the floor, and nobody was thinking this out through, so it didn't make any sense. But then you're like, why didn't this match just end immediately after this? Because what would have happened if gender had won? And Gronk had done absolutely nothing. Of course, I just can see the, I can better, just can see you know. I just can see the whiteboard behind you with all your theories, like pointing out like Gronk to Gender. If Gender has a suplex, and nobody had set that up, but if they would have done like on the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which Mojo won, like you were so fast. <laughs> Listen, guys, we're going to get here. We're going to get straight to the bottom of this, okay? This goes all the way up to the top. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys a few things that I have thought about, okay? I have thought about it. Bad, a patriot, if you get to Patriots and you get to there, you can understand that, yes, yes, it tucks back to Eagles, which then gets to the Illuminati, and there we go. Boom. Da-da-da, da-da-da <laughs> was the only reason that was there for. Yeah, exactly. No, what I thought was interesting 
That match pissed me off. Let me tell you, how many times is Dolph Ziggler gonna do that? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna land no one foot. Like, yeah. at least ten. That pissed me off. I didn't even know Apollo Cruz was in the match until he got eliminated. I don't know if he was camouflaged the whole time or what was going on. Um, nobody knew the name of that Chinese guy from NXT because you know what I mean. Asian nobody announced him. Yeah, and. I'm such a fucking nerd that when it came down to the last three, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool because it's like the OG NXT, Jinder Mahal, and then the middle NXT, Mojo Rally, and then the new NXT, the uh, um, Killian Dane. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is wrong with my brain that like appreciates that? Like Jinder Mahal, nobody's thinking Jinder Mahal's OG NXT. Yeah. Like this isn't an NXT tribute, was it? Uh, maybe. See? But even then, it's board. it's not one that, well, let me consult it on the board. I'll get back to you. I think <laughs> yeah, the harder please. issue is I just looked at it and I go, I, like, especially when they eliminated Sammy. Because the missed opportunity is for people to sing that theme song in a fucking stadium. Because they would. I can guarantee you that. So once they eliminated him, I was like, all right, let's get on with it. Let's crown one of these guys king winner. So anyway, yeah, I don't care. I just, whatever. It happened. Gronk's there. He shoulder tackled somebody. They went backstage. They have all the publicity that they can get from that. That's about it. I'm not one way or another. I didn't really care. And I love that people were messaging me and asking me what I thought about it the minute it happened. And I was like, what the fuck do you think I thought of that match? Like, how did you feel? And more importantly, how much different do you think what I think is different from what you're thinking right now. Because I can guarantee you we're probably all feeling the same way. Unless you're Mojo Raleigh's family or you were in the section where Rob Gronkowski was and you were on TV because of him. So those are my thoughts. The craziest thing is that um, I was watching the What Culture prediction show Mm -hmm. and one of the guys predicted that Mojo was going to win. Like was like Mojo Rally this. Yeah, I was like, wow, like good call, dude. (laughs) Jesus. So yeah, it was it was, that was WrestleMania. That was WrestleMania, guys. Okay, let's do this, Mike. If you were to say best worst moment, WrestleMania, best moment, go. Hardys. Hardys. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Worst moment, WrestleMania, go. Al Roker. Oof. That's how bad Al Roker was. That we didn't even bring him up until now. It was. Hmm. Well, as far okay, no, I, yeah, Al Roker, Al Roker. No, he really just did stick out like a sore thumb. Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. It, okay. it was all that was bad. That was bad. Okay. The maggots was terrible. <sighs> the power voice. See, you go the maggots. I still think the snake walking him down the thing is so dumb. Triple H's Triple H's entrance. Okay, we'll pick one of them. You can't have all of them. Triple H. I'm going with Triple H's entrance. It was the worst thing of the night. Okay, that's fair. Uh, well, I think I would, I would surmise with one of those. Uh, let's just say this. Uh, I, I would say to those of you guys who say the Undertaker's gone, your childhood is dead. Um, your childhood probably wasn't that great to begin with. Cause like the Undertaker's awesome and your childhood was probably awesome and it doesn't go away. So it's not like a living, breathing thing he killed. It's kind of like how George Lucas can't appreciate the fact that, yeah, you guys love Star Wars. So he didn't rape your childhood. I always feel very weird about those things. 
if you had a Nintendo 64, then your childhood was awesome. <laughs> right. Really? My mom bought it to me, bought it for me when there was a, the PlayStation 2 was out. So <laughs> whose childhood was awesome there? No, that, my childhood was deprived. <laughs> I, and the thing is, I love The Undertaker. I thought that was a really nice and touching moment. But, like, the minute I saw the, like, my childhood is dead, I was like, aren't you 40? Like... Should we have, like, had the talk where you're not a child anymore? Like, I don't know, dude. Like, All right. no, I remember where I was at when he came out for Survivor Series. Like, it took me back to that. But, like, are you really sad about the Fred Durst era? Like, that your yeah. 20s are gone? Your 20s are gone? Keep you're rolling, a cowboy. Rolling, rolling, you're rolling. Yeah. Back, saying, hey, hey, that's gone. That's probably good. You know what I mean? I just want that man to like enjoy his life now and not have to worry about having to do a tombstone or if he can walk. Like, I just I just love, that. I just love how the Undertaker's not canceled because he'll always be in syndication. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? With that, I think that's the perfect way to end this. Uh, well, we're glad that you guys joined us. Obviously, we've got some work to catch up on. I think we got some people to interview out coming up very soon, um, but. You know, it's been nice. We also want to send a big congratulations over to our good friend Douglas James. Him and his beautiful fiance Heather got engaged on the day of WrestleMania. And Mike, what did you say about their engagement? Uh, uh, beating John Cena to the punch. Absolutely, beat John Cena to the punch. But in true John Cena form, he couldn't let the younger talent get more over than him. Nope. So he had to go and that was get good timing. There, yeah, no shit, man. But uh, I, I even told, I, I kidded with Doug, and I was just like, yo, dude, on the real, though, I'm sure that had to be a big stressful thing to you where you're like, I guess I have to do it at WrestleMania because if I do it the day before, it's April Fool's Day, so. Ooh. Wow. Does that go through her head if he proposes on April Fool's Day? I don't know. I, I, I mean, if I'm her, I'd be like, you gave me this ring. You're you're committed. Um, but You want to hear the best... You want to hear the best April Fool's joke ever? Real quick. Okay. Yeah, sure. My my dad is always wheeling and dealing. Always talking to a bunch of dudes. And um, my sister called my dad and told him, um, gave him a phone number, said, "Hey, this guy called the house. He needs you to call him back. His name is Mr. Lion. Here's his number. Call." And he was like, "Okay, okay." He was busy, and so he called the number, and the lady answered. She's like, "Hello." He's like, "Hey, can I talk to Mr. Lion?" Mm-hmm. And, he was. She was like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, can I talk to Mr. Lion?" She's like, oh, "What's next? You're gonna want to talk to Mr. Zebra too?" Uh, my sister gave him the phone to the zoo, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty clever. So that's amazing. He felt, I don't know if they said Santa Barbara Zoo or whatever, but <laughs> that's always gonna go <laughs> down as <laughs> as the most clever. Just one off. I'm, now I'm trying to defend it because I can't think of anything smarter. But That's anyway. Totally fine. Hey, guys. Well, we've been very happy to do this episode with you. Uh, happy one year to you, Mike. Oh, it's our anniversary. And I didn't sing this whole time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, do you know what today is? It's our raffiversary. It's not a raffiversary. Yes. No. That might be a thing. Let's not make it a thing. No. Oh, God. Now I'm going to hear Tony Tony Tone in a way that's just... Don't listen. (laughs) Guys, I'm done with this show. 
Uh, I'm just, I, it's been a good, no, I'm just kidding, guys. We're very happy that you guys joined us here today. We hope you enjoyed our WrestleMania recap. We, like I said, we've got a lot of work to be doing up, uh, coming up very shortly, and we look forward to seeing you guys very soon. But for today, this has been Raph as far as joined by my friend Mike Stallings. Too sweet, me. Have a good day. Too sweet, me. Do you know what no. today was? We, it was our laugh anniversary. Not a laugh anniversary. There's both of us. Oh, that's right. I mean, if you don't want it to be a Michael I, don't, station, don't, nope, do not fucking Rangelita our name. <laughs> oh my god. Do not. Rafa, Rafa, Michael, Michael, whatever you're Micah, saying no. makes it sound like a simple pet, like one that's it's like sure I, I know because I wanted to beat you to the punch and say don't do that. Yeah, no, no, we're we're done.